grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. A reading from the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. During the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. A man with his wife and two sons went from Bethlehem to Judah to dwell in the territory of Moab. But the man died, then only the woman Naomi was left along with her two sons. They took wives for themselves, Moabite women. The name of the first was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth, and they lived there for about ten years. But both of the sons also died. Only Naomi was left, without her two children and without her husband. Then she arose, along with her daughters-in-law, to return from the field of Moab, because while in the territory of Moab she had heard that the Holy One had paid attention to God's people by providing food for them. She left the place where she had been, and her two daughters-in-law went with her. They went along the road to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, turn back, each of you, to the household of your mother. May the Holy One deal faithfully with you, just as you have done with the dead and with me. May the Holy One provide for you so that you may find security each woman in the household of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. But they replied to her, No, instead we will return with you to your people. Naomi replied, Turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Will there again be sons in my womb, that they would be husbands for you? Turn back, my daughters. Go. I am too old for a husband. If I were to say that I have hope, even if I had a husband tonight, and even more if I were to bear sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you, you refrain from having a husband? No, my daughters, this is more bitter for me than for you, since the Holy One's will has come out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi said, Look, your sister-in-law is returning to her people, to her gods. Turn back after your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to abandon you. Turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Holy One do this to me, and more so even if death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. The Word of the Lord.
A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, 28, verses 28 through 34. One of the Torah experts heard the dispute between Jesus and the others in the temple and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, The most important one is, Israel, listen, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you must love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The Torah expert said to him, Well said, teacher, you have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other beside the Holy One. And to love God with all your heart, a full understanding, and all of one's strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that the Torah expert had answered with wisdom, he said to him, You aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask Jesus any more questions. The word of the Lord. Friends, sit with Stephen Carter on his front steps. It's the summer of 1966, and in Washington, D.C., the air is thick with heat and humidity. Stephen's parents just moved the family to this neighborhood, but why? Why? The Carters are black, and in this overwhelmingly white neighborhood, Stephen is sure that no one wants them. Sit with Stephen Carter on his front steps and watch the neighbors walk past you without greeting you without smiling at you, staring through you as though you are invisible. You hear the angst underneath Stephen's anger. I know we shouldn't have moved here. I knew it. We are not welcome. That's when Sarah Kestenbaum walks up plate of cream cheese and jelly sandwiches. It's 1966, after all. Her pale face is lit up with a smile. Welcome, she says. Welcome. Decades later, Professor Stephen Carter could still taste those sandwiches on his tongue. In that moment, he wrote, I discovered how a single act of genuine and unassuming civility can change a life forever. Professor Carter described this action as civility, a posture by which neighbors daily reweave the fabric of society. He recognized that Sarah Kestenbaum Boat Jewish woman might describe it as chesed, doing of acts of kindness. But chesed, spoken from the back of the throat, like chutzpah, is so much more. Chesed, 
That's what Naomi says to Orpha and Ruth. May the Holy One do chesed to you, as you have done with the dead and with me. Chesed, as my friend Kara thinks about it, is belongingness. That is, it is the inner logic of belonging as much as its outward expression. It looks like faithfulness, since it is a no-matter-what, through thick and thin kind of loyalty, but where loyalty can be exclusive, chesed spreads its arms in a wide embrace. Chesed feels like kindness, but several notches up from being nice. It is powered by compassion, reaching for a sense of rightness. You could call it love, in the way described by James Baldwin of blessed memory. Not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, is how Baldwin defines love, but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring and growth. Stephen Carter tasted the fruit of chesed on a plate of sandwiches. And that makes sense to me, given how often I've experienced love beckon me into belonging along beautiful Seneca Lake. I recall the first time I walked into Hector Wine Company, a few months after I moved here. Jim Bond and his brother DJ strolled in with lunch in tow, dusted both of them with drywall. Without knowing me from Adam, Jimmer extended an invitation to share their feast. I remember sitting next to Les Farrington and Bob Worth in the corner booth at Tony's, where the coffee flowed as much as the conversation on politics and possibilities. Easily 40 years younger than everyone at the table, those gentlemen welcomed me into the fray. I think back to a cluster of picnic tables at Lucky Care last April, just a few months ago, where people assembled for a spontaneous wake for our neighbor and friend, Corey Drake. Against the senselessness of death, hospitality prevailed. Chesed is grace expressed in getting another round for the table and figuring out the tab later. Faithful love, the stuff of belonging, holds us together even when the bottom falls out. However you define Chesed, feel the hum of energy within it, how it longs to spring into action, to deal faithfully, to show kindness, to choose love again and again, no matter what. Of course, Chesed wants to be put into motion. The wounded world cries out for compassion. It always has. 
In Bethlehem of old, starvation stalks the dry earth. It tears apart the community. It uproots families like Naomi's. Today's climate refugees know that same unnameable loss. In Moab, death rips loved ones from our arms. Ten years on, Naomi still feels the ache, the ache of her husband's absence. Her son's detailless deaths underscore the absurdity of mortality, as if we could ever make sense of how people brimming with life suddenly stop. Such indignity cries out for Hesed. Look there in the Jerusalem temple where passionate debate accompanies the daily rhythms of piety, Jesus and a Torah expert agree. More important than any trapping of religion from the most beautiful hymn, the most time-honored tradition, more important than any of this is chesed. Love. Love enacted in Hesed draws our entire being, heart, mind, strength, towards the source of life, the source of love. Through Hesed, we turn to God and encounter our neighbors right in front of us. To love them. To love them. That isn't new to Jesus. He is quoting Leviticus for crying out loud, the heart of the Torah. A later disciple recorded more original words. Listen from the first letter from John. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. After all, those who don't love their brothers or sisters, whom they have seen, can hardly love God, whom they have not seen. This episode in the temple sprang to my mind on Friday, standing in the rear courtyard of Big Johnson's bar. In the brisk night air, punctuated with the glow of cigarettes touching flame, I marveled at how huge that courtyard is. Did you know this? It must be at least the size of the indoor space, maybe larger. I imagined it filled with people buzzing with life. How did I go all of this time thinking that it was a, a humble square of patio? But of course I know how. Counting last Friday, I have only been to Johnson's twice. Both times in the last six months, each at the invitations of friends. I have only been to Johnson's twice because without stepping foot inside, I had already formed an opinion about whether I would feel welcome there. I made a surface judgment. And because of that, I never got to know Bob Johnson. I wasn't there for him 
when his beloved Christie died this summer. I missed out on the gift of unpolished love that I imagine hummed to life in that courtyard. So much bigger than I'd ever thought. Now God's grace is bigger than regret. God holds our complications and our contradictions even as the author of life nudges us to write a new chapter in our stories. Friends, here's what the Spirit helped me recognize standing there in that courtyard. If I felt hesitation about stepping into Johnson's, even knowing how it has welcomed folks who are dear to me, if I felt that way, then how much more hesitant do my neighbors probably feel about stepping into this church? All throughout the Gospels, Torah experts, along with Pharisees and priests, are portrayed as Jesus' opponents, sometimes even as his enemies. Turning to this scene in the temple, it is easy for Christians to imagine that this is going to be another fight, another us-versus-them moment. It's even easier for Christians to forget that Jesus isn't Christian. Jesus Christ is a faithful, Torah-observant Jew. This story shatters assumptions. Instead of enemies, two kindred spirits united in faith affirm what really matters to God. Love. When we say yes to love, to our essential connectedness, that we are children of God and family to one another, then surely we taste the reign of God, the kingdom of heaven. Surely we hear that sweet, though far off him that hails a new creation. Yerod and I leave for Minnesota on Wednesday, a day shy of the three-year anniversary of the first time I stood in this pulpit. That Sunday, you voted on whether to call me as your pastor. And I preached on these exact texts from the book of Ruth and the Gospel of Mark. Today, I am Orpah, going a different road than the one you will travel. Like Orpah, my heart is cracked open with grief and with gratitude. So much gratitude. But today, you, dear ones, today, you are Ruth. You are surrounded by Naomi's friends. And you are so lucky. Naomi's friends are quick to claim joy Despite senseless death and destruction, they span the generations, and regardless of marriage or kids, they know the value of chosen family. 
They are small business owners and artists. They are car enthusiasts and characters, all of them. They are atheists and pagans, a few Christians and a few devout agnostics. They are your neighbors, all of them. Some of them drink at Johnson's. Some of them don't. How lucky you are. For this time, the Spirit has made you Ruth to them. You get to join them on the road. Friends, stay by their side. Stay by their side in the power of chesed, of love wanting to be lived out. Quote biblical poetry if you need to. The poetry that we hear at weddings. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Hector and Lodi are my people. Even if, well, not if, even as I go to meet new people. I believe that we are each other's people. Because through the grace of God, through the God of chesed, of faithful love, we belong to one another. In the power of the Spirit, belonging extends our being. It's right there in the Word. It stretches us and lengthens us beyond ourselves. By grace, we belong and we will be long, connecting across distance, just as Jesus reaches out to us, connecting to us, beckoning us to inhabit the dream of heaven on earth. I am so grateful to belong to you. I am so excited for you to belong to your neighbors. So love them, really. Love them, forsaking all to journey alongside them. I hear that the famine is over. A banquet of grace awaits you. Friends, for such grace, let us give all glory, all gratitude to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity, Mother of us all.